gentlemen welcome to episode 81 of beyond the blade 10 game winning streak edition of beyond the blade i am your co-host chad didamenesis and it's not a dream i'm your co-host bill shockey and 10 games chad 10 games 10 10 of them 10 10 games they have tied the franchise record for the most consecutive wins with 10 games matching the 2000, the 06-07 Sabres started out 10-0. and It's, I, I don't even know. It's, it's, I, I'm wondering out of words to say it. I, I feel like, we talked about this last podcast too. I feel like it's every game, like last night again, I felt like, okay, this is, this is, you know, 
you know, that was a rough call on Rodriguez, and they gave up a two-goal lead. All right, this is the night where, you know, it's, it's going to end. It, it's crappy how it's going to end with that penalty, and they came back. But this is the night. Nope. Jeff Skinner, Darlene, overtime. It's, it's, it's straight insanity at this point. It really is. I mean, we, it's crazy that the last time we actually had a podcast was a week ago. It was the pregame for the Flyers game, and we've missed four wins. So, right. I mean, it's, right. and we were at a loss for words at, at that point for the podcast. And now we're, you know, four more wins into it, 10 game winning streak. It's been crazy in Saberland. It's been a little crazy for us. I mean, I was uh, doing a little moving Friday, Sunday at a wedding Saturday. Both of us have a wedding this Saturday. So crazy times and uh, beyond the blade land and in Saberland and fun times though. Fun times it is. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, like you said, it really is. I'm trying to find words for it to describe it, and it's really just, it, it's it's just feel like I, I feel like it's you know it's it's like a cartoon. And you're just you're holding on to the back of the cards. It's like speeding away, and that's kind of like the vibe I have. Where it's it's really just a crazy ride. And mm. again, as I was gonna say, at this point, it's just I'm I'm literally just enjoying the ride. Oh, I mean, yeah, there's I mean, nothing it, really you can do. No, I, this is <laughs> they're gonna lose it eventually. I think so. I mean. <laughs> They're going to lose eventually here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you do. You know, we'll get into that in a little bit here, but I mean, it's I just and yesterday too. I mean, it's you know, we'll kind of jump into the fan atmosphere here. You've been your season ticket holder, so you've been there a few times. <laughs> yesterday was my first time. You know, I was in the press box, but it was my first time being there since the Vancouver game and getting a feel of how that crowd is. Really reminded me of. You know, that 0607, I think it's what it is, 0607 season, you know, when I was a season ticket holder then, too. And the team was good, and just the crowd was into it the entire game. It was loud. There was the We Want 10 chance. I mean, the booing on the calls, the roar before the goal horn goes off. It's just, it gives you goosebumps, and it makes you smile. And I, I got to tell you, it was, I'm pretty reserved because the press box the last few years and the losing has taken the excitement when goals score out of me. But the last few overtime goals have got me to make noises out loud, to yell to myself. I had to Actually, keep it. I had to keep it pretty reserved and like grip like the table yesterday and yeah. not make any noises, especially in the overtime goal. And <laughs> it's 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 insane. It's fun. Everybody is watching hockey. I mean, I have. I mean, I don't want to say you're bandwagon fans, but whatever. Who cares? Just be a fan of the sport. I have people who haven't watched Sabres games in three years saying, "Oh my gosh, see that Sabres game." Or you know, mm-hmm. they're winning and this and that. He like he means tabs on it now. It's it's fun. You know, it's it's electric and it's fun in this city when this team is good. And we're only twenty five games in, but if they can keep this going, I mean, at this point, looking at it, uh, you know, one of the stats guys had today, I forgot who it was, had an eighty three percent chance they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, at this point, if they don't yeah, make I mean, the playoffs, it's a it's a disappointment. Well, yeah, I'm sorry, eighty eighty three percent chance they do make the playoffs. Sorry, I said that wrong, but. I mean, really, they don't make the playoffs at this point. It's a disappointment, which is, it's insanity. It's They're, they're on a 118-point pace. First place team in the NHL, it's straight crazy. Straight crazy. Your Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's, just, it's fun to say that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we talked about it on the last podcast. You basically are playing, at that time, it was like four games over 500, and you're, you know, 95-point pace, you're it. And now you're you're pretty much at the point where you're play 500 hockey for the rest of the way out, which I would assume isn't going to happen. And you pretty much are right on the bubble. So 
I mean, that's kind of what this 10-game win streak, at least for me, what it, what it has done is it's taken a season where, and I know expectations are probably, it's very easy to go higher and higher and higher as this win streak gets longer and longer and longer. But for me, I'm kind of just staying in the wheelhouse of, I remember what it's been like these last, you know, five to seven years, especially the last three. Um, so it's this 10 win streak has gotten me from they're probably low 90s borderline to they're probably mid to high 90s and they're in. They're going to be a playoff team this year. So it's it's looking forward to how the rest of the season grow, goes, seeing the growth of the young players. In the last four games, you have definitely seen Casey Middlestead start to come into his own. Um, so seeing players like that, Tage Thompson starting to take a step forward. He had 15 minutes last night, which was unheard of. Rasmus uh, Dahlin first, has been unleashed. He's been... He's been Free free Dalene is is uh is in full swing. It's happened. Um last night he had hit a ton of ice time. So I, I think you're seeing the, the kids start to show the growth, but at the same time the, the coach is, is starting to show the uh confidence in those players to to have the more minutes to go out there in the in the big situations and get the things done as as they have. I mean you've had how many different game winning goal scorers throughout this winning streak? You've got everybody but Ellie has a point or a goal at this point. Uh, your defense is just giving you points left and right. Uh, you're more than halfway to last year's total for defenseman points. It's just it's a it's a total team effort. Carter Hutton's playing out of his mind still. It's just it's a total team effort, and and you can see it not even in the fans or with the fans, but you can see it on the ice as well. They're just having a good time. Um, as a team and as a unit, and they're really coming together as one, and, and it's kind of, kind of what the city needed, and bringing the city back as, as one group. And like you said, it's just it's not even in the arena, the atmosphere, which has been fantastic. And I want to touch on that a little more later, but it's even like people at work know that I do this podcast, and it's coming in, and I can literally just smile at people, and they'll just go ten, ten bill or nine, you know, and it's just like, that is just <laughs> people that wouldn't even mention the hockey game the other night are, you know, did you watch that game? Or of course you watched it. How was it? And it's, it's just a, it's a great thing to have the, the Sabres in the conversation of a, a good hockey team again, and basically the team abuzz at what is going on right now uh, with this team. And it's good feelings all around. I mean, you touched on a little bit and, you know, being in the room yesterday after the game, you, you kind of feel it right on the players. It's, you know, it, it it's definitely it's well. First of all, it's a night and day compared to what it was last year, and and that's obvious. I mean, you you know, you win ten games compared it's to what happen. last season was. That's you know definitely going to be the case. But it's just you know talking to players. You know, Eichel saying they don't want to lay each other down. They don't want the streak to end. You know, they're trying to pick each other up if a bad play happens. They keep motivating each other. Nobody wants to lose and be the guy. You know, is the reason why they this streak ends. They're just they're having fun. I mean, there's guys in the room after yesterday. You know. Laughing about the wrist line in celebration, you know, Bogosian. We walk in the room, Bogosian's like, <laughs> you know, top ten goal, not top ten celebration. I think it's the first time it's ever happened. And Bolu said, you know, it was a terrible celebration. And you know, this is the second time now he's had a bad one. I think I got to teach him some things. And he was saying how he gave it to him right away in the bench when he saw it. And I mean, they're just they're having fun, you know. And the, and that's that's the good thing. reaction to that. Dalene's reaction to that goal. He's grabbing his head, and it's <laughs> <laughs> it's just. I mean, literally, but the, the, the Dalene was all of us at that moment. Like, I, you know, I again, I rarely make noises in the press box, but that wrist landing goal got a oof out of me. Like when that when that happened, I mean, it's, I mean, the guy comes down comes down with speed. First of all, 
I do want to say, don't forget that Tate Thompson look across yep. the ice to find him because that was a great look. Comes out with speed, walks Brent Burns of all people, and just goes high cheese on uh, Jones right in front. I mean, you had the best view of that, especially the overtime goal too. The mm-hmm. photo we tweeted out when you're you're celebrating for that even goes in the net. Like you, you were like two rows behind the net there. You had the best view. <laughs> I've watched that video many times. It's so funny how I was kind of up and then my arms are up before anyone's even out of the seats and then i'm turned and jumping with the buddy next to me yeah i mean believe it or not those those seats were actually a wedding gift so those were nice and the fact that i was kind of worried because we had you know the sabers and the third the first and the third and the actually the only goal that we didn't see was bolius so we had uh ristos right in front of us we had pavelski's snipe we had pavelski's wraparound um and then we had obviously the the overtime game winner so all those were just it was a lot of fun i will say the struggle with that is we can never tell if when we're the pucks on the other end if you want to watch the ice or if you want to watch jumbotron you can't really see what's going on on the other end so that was yeah i've had that fun and different to get used to but uh i mean yeah it was just to to see everything and and to see it up that close to and and this kind of ties into the wrist lining conversation and he is such a physical player and such a an offensive defenseman that once he gets the puck he wants to go and he wants to take it to the net like he did with his goal and it's exactly what you kind of want on a wrist line you want him playing against their top line you know bruising him up running him into the boards and at the same time when he gets that chance taking the puck himself and taking it to the net because he's a big body he's hard to knock off the puck i feel like when he's playing 26 minutes a night it's going to wear on you. It's You can't really play that physical game for 26 minutes a night. You can't take it to the net, you know, 26 minutes a night. So when he's able to, and I think I'm hoping we're going to see it more and more here as it goes on, as Darlene starts to take that time of on ice away from him and he's able to be more of the free skater and just the solid defenseman who can still hit, but he doesn't, you know, not every shift he's going out and trying to lay somebody out. As we start to see that, I think Darlene is or Ristolainen is going to just going to get better and better and better in the respects of he's going to be able to be more physical. He's going to be able to take the puck to the net more. The overtime goal where he basically uh, it was early in the season where everyone was ready to ship Ristolainen to the moon because he did the split on the boards and everyone was caught deep. And it's just a guy that's tired. So I think right, I think yeah. if, if you start to give him less and less minutes. And I'm not saying, you know, like 15, 14, you know, what he had the other night, 18. As he starts to do that, you're going to see a guy who's able to play his game more and play it with more energy because he's not as tired playing those big minutes. Well, I think this transitions perfectly into our next topic here, which I wanted to get to is Darlene Rislein and the defense in general. So I went back and looked over the last six games. And, you know, I'd written an article about this when other articles written about it. Even Ben Matthewson from Die by the Blade wrote an article about it. Is giving Darlene more minutes and taking some away from Ristolainen. And it's not, like you said, it's not putting him at 15 minutes, but it's, it's going from 26 to 23. And then use your, your top four defensemen evenly. So nobody is worn out. Nobody is tired. Everybody is fresh at the end of the game. So I went back and looked at the last six games, kind of when Halsey started really taking this philosophy on. The last six games, the average I sent for Ristolainen, 24-38. Darlene, 22-28. Bogosian, 22-06. McCabe, 20-05. So in those six games where he's come down from 24 minutes, or from 26 minutes to 24, he has five points in those six games, scoring at .83 points per game in those six games. I mean, there's, there's he's been more offensive. He has not had that many turnovers in the defensive zone. 
He's getting the puck out cleaner. He's getting involved in the play a lot. This uh-huh. Particularly yesterday, or yeah, yesterday's game. He was not only with the goal, but he was down low numerous times creating opportunities, driving the net, looking for somebody in front. And it's just, you know, it, it's it's that transition where you have that benefit now. Arista Line isn't the only guy you can rely on here. Uh, Bogosian's healthy, and he is playing very well, which is what we said all along. If he can just stay healthy and consistent, once he gets going, he's actually pretty good. The problem is he just never gets to get going and get in a groove, and now we're seeing that he's played 20 games. McCabe has played really well with Bogosian, and you know Darlene is Darlene, so there's not much you can say about that, but I, I think last night, though, was the... What do you want to call it? The the handover, I guess you could say, of you know Darlene taking that next step. I mean, he Darlene, overtime. Darlene, well, there's that, but Darlene and Bogosian played the most. They were the top pair yesterday. Yep. Bogosian played twenty four twenty eight. Darlene played twenty four fifteen. Ristolainen played twenty one forty eight, and McKay played nineteen fifty seven. So yesterday, in time on ice, and in the way they were utilized too, they played against San Jose's top line, the Pavelski line, most of the night. Um, you know, here and there, you know, you kind of saw Ristolainen out there. You know, the goal, the one goal against was Ristolainen and McKay, but you know, Darlene and Bogosian have been elevated to that top pair and. I'm I'm fine with that. You know, I mean, Darlene yesterday, especially in overtime, I mean, are you kidding me? Coming down, you know, talk about in the beginning, <laughs> this is the end of it. Carlson's coming on the coming down, you know, full speed. I'm like, okay, tap in, game over. Darlene comes out of nowhere, slides, knocks the puck away, gets up, gets back in the play, gets the puck back, does a behind-the-back pass to himself around Eric Carlson, forces <laughs> Jones to come out, poke check it away, but we had a position. Jeff Skinner gets it, boom, bam, goal, game over. And all of that was created and done by Rasmus Dahlin, an 18-year-old defenseman who is, yeah, his potential is through the roof. But, I mean, it, it's crazy just to imagine he's this good at 18 years old. Just imagine how good he's going to be in two or three years. I mean, he's already getting close. He's creeping up on a 50-point pace as a rookie, as a rookie. So it's it, it's a lot of excitement with the defense. And you mentioned it with the goals, you know, the goals and the points. So far this season, they have 14 goals and 57 points in their defense. Last year, they had 19 goals and 98 points the entire season from their defense. And again, that is what you're seeing. Bull, you had a goal yesterday. Chris Lyman had a goal. Bogosian should have had a goal to make it through nothing, but got robbed by Jones. So, like, it's... That was hilarious. Real quick story on that, too, is... Uh, so, we met, we met Bogosian. He's a, a friend of one of my buddies. Um, so, we met him at a concert the one night. So, I always make fun of him when he does something stupid. <laughs> and so when he did that, I told, I turned to my buddy, I said, you know, you really should have taught him how to lift the puck. And he said, lift the puck. All you need to do is take it to his backhand. It's a tap in. <laughs> but I mean, it's, 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 it's a little things. It's funny like that where, and we talked about this, um, in the last couple of years with Bogosian, where he always seems to get to the right spot, but then he kind of just doesn't know what to do with it when he gets to that spot. So like he's just shoveling into the goalie or. Uh, I mean, every once in a while he's got one of those bonehead plays. But, I mean, overall, you're correct. It's just defensively, he's been basically just a rock back there. He's a, he's a big guy. He's just very physical. And I, I think, he, he like you said, he, being healthy, you're finally able to see him kind of come into his own. And uh, it's nice to see him healthy, too, even because he got, you know, the A this year. Um, and I, I feel like as soon as he got that and then it was, he didn't start the opener because he was hurt, there's a lot of you know groans and eye rolls from fans. So to see him kind of have a stretch here where he's 
He's been in the lineup. He's playing, you said, top pair minutes. Um, I think it's really nice to see. And I'm glad he didn't even forget Bolio at the end there because, man, that play he made to, even with three forwards going, join the rush and go to the back net. Talk about that look from Reinhardt. It's a, a, a really, that's, I mean, that's that, that's great, a level great pass. That's, a, that, that, that's pass. a pass yep. a few guys in this league can make. Not, let alone see, see it coming. Right. And then to make it on top of that is just fantastic. And then for him to be there and to, to his credit as a defenseman coming down to be able to put that in, it's it's why they're winning these games, honestly. It's it's goaltending and it's it's them taking advantage of situations and, and seizing those moments and, and holding on to those opportunities and, and putting them in the back of the net. And that's kind of why we are where we are today. Yeah, I mean, Bolio on that play, and that's the second time he's on that play. I think in the Vancouver yeah. game, he had a goal like that, too, if I'm not mistaken. McCabe, McCabe scored from that spot, McCabe too. Was, it, and you the heard the thing is, them. you know, Bolio went there, and I don't know if you heard from where you were sitting, but I could hear in the press box, he he yelled Reiner at least three times going to the net. So he made it known yeah, he was yeah. going there, and he, you know, and, and Reinhardt, to his credit, again, that's a pass that very few guys in the league can make, and... You know, right on the tape, tapping, and then that was a huge goal in that game. You know, that gave the Sabres control, and obviously it mattered because San Jose came back. But you know, Bully was a guy that last year and even early this season were like, wave him, get him out of here. We don't need him. He had a terrible year. But the Nathan Bully that we're seeing this year was kind of the guy I expected to get last year. You know, he's skating. involved in the yeah. play. He's skating. He's not making those mental mistakes. He's played very well. I'm actually disappointed that he's not playing more. It's kind of frustrating to me. I feel like he deserves it. I know Housley shelters him, but you can do that when your top four is playing this well. And, you know, say we all about Scandella. He's had a rough year. I don't think he's been as bad as of late as he was to start the season, but I'm not rushing to get Scandella back in this lineup by any means. That defense group yesterday against San Jose, who was a very good, quick team, that defense group got the puck up the ice the entire game had very good breakouts, got involved offensively, were quick with their skating to get away from the speedy forwards. I, I just, you know, I mean, Scandella isn't the fast guy on the rule, but he's also not the slowest guy I've ever seen. But I, I just, I'm not, you know, not, not to mention that Pilot's still hanging around, but I, I'm in, you know, I'm in no rush to get Scandella back in there. I think he, if he's healthy, he does play, but, you know, especially against, Tampa, especially against Tampa Bay, who's a quick team, just leave your quick lineup defenseman in there. I, no, I, just, I, I said I feel the same way about Berglund. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, yep. him being injured, Reinhardt or not Reinhardt, uh, Rodriguez now in the lineup. I feel like the team in general is just they're they're playing really well. They're like you said, the breakouts are really good. They're moving the puck really well. It's just I feel like the team right now is kind of like you said, especially against teams like San Jose, Tampa Bay, even Florida to an extent. You're you're gonna need the the faster lineup. You're not gonna be able to have you know Berglund and not necessarily Scandella, but guys back there that are that are going to slow the pace down, and, and maybe you know you're missing those passes because they're just not getting that extra step. So, I mean, yeah, this team is you're finally seeing the vision. You're starting to see the vision of what was talked about when those guys were brought in here, being Bottrell and Housley, of, of speed and, and playing with good breakout passes and the D being active in the offensive zone. Um, you're starting to see it, and it's. <laughs> It's a it's a beautiful thing to see because it's what we've been talking about and clamoring for for you know who knows how long now three years yeah and, and you at know, least I, on air <laughs> right right and and I have to give you know I'll take a minute here to give Housley all the credit in the world you know I, I wrote an article about again early but I, I think if the season ended today I, I don't I, if the season ended right now I think he wins the Jack Adams Award 
you know, and I think Bottle would win executive of the year. And he's for the how this season started, how last year went to where it's gone to now, is we're finally seeing those things talked about. That five man attack, getting the defense involved, being quick with the puck, having quick defensemen get involved in the game. I mean, I, I remember I tweeted about it yesterday. I literally remember sitting in training camp on day one. And Housley talked to the team. He talked about the reporters after the practice. You know, when they asked about the drills he did, how he thought it was important. They struggled last year with their back check and their back pressure with the puck. How he wanted to do that to cause turnovers and to, you know, set transition the other way off of those turnovers. This team is extremely strong on the back check. They're extremely good at chasing down pucks from behind. And I think that's a sign that they're buying into what their coach is selling and they're getting benefits from it. They're on a 10-game winning streak because they're buying into what their coach is telling them to do. Be strong on the back check, to pursue pucks, to play with pace, to get involved as a defenseman offensively, to get down low, to try to create scoring chances. And, you know, it, it's good to see a team buy into that. I mean, the the breakouts and the transition is night and day from what it was last season. It's, if, I mean, I, I challenge people, to, if you have a recorded, go back and watch a game last season and then go back and watch a game this season and get the breakouts and the transition, how good they move the puck through the neutral zone into the offensive zone, their zone exits and their zone entries. It's 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 insanity how much that's improved over one season. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. And, you know, we, me and you have dogged on him a few times for decisions he's made. And honestly, for a while, I think I've done questioning decisions he made because every decision he makes that I question turns out to be a benefit. So, <laughs> you know... Awful marks to him for what he's doing to this team, and like I said, you know, good for him. You know, credit where it's due because I think he's doing a fantastic job. And even Tage Thompson, if you want it, you know, we can transition there next. Tage Thompson, I mean, a guy who we've questioned why is he here? What I don't understand the the system and why he's doing this and the development plan and Halsey was like, all right, let's let's try to flip him to his off wing, put him to the left, and then boom, you know, Tage Thompson is a force now again like he was in the preseason and. You know, credit again to Housie and the staff for making that happen. So, good things all around for this team, and especially for what Housie's doing. Yeah, I mean, spot on. At this point, there's really, I mean, there's little things, but at this point, you're, we're basically nitpicking. Uh, you're seeing the changes on the the defense that we were talking about. Uh, you're seeing, like you said, the team is just they're they're buying into the system, and the system is now starting to work. <laughs> so, to be able to see the I mean, like you said, you brought up the, the points with the defensemen uh, this year to last year, and it's just it's night and day. Uh, so the fact that you're getting that, which we're trying to see out of the Housley team that we didn't see last year, now that we're seeing it this year, I, I think at this point, uh, until we start to see some adversity again, there's really there's not much you can bag on. Maybe uh, Larson losing two draws in a row, and then they take Gergensen's off the ice and keep Larson out there to lose the third one, and then Pavelski ends up scoring. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I mean, you're not... Man. They got to start winning face I'm not. I'm not going to let you rag on Johan Larson on this podcast because I'll <laughs> tell you right now, <laughs> that guy, speaking no, of turnaround and insanity of turnarounds, yeah. I cannot believe, again, night and day, how much different he is as a player this year than what he was last year. It's He looks faster he is around the puck more offensively. He had that Agitator. ridiculous goal against the Flyers. I think he could have had at least two or three more goals in other games. He is an integral part of their penalty kill. And I know we struggled on faceoffs yesterday, but for the most part, he's been all right on faceoffs. He's been good defensively. And I, it's just it, it's crazy. And, and I think part of it is he's buying into his role now 
where Larson has always been the kind of guy where, you know, he he feel he felt like he deserved to be a, a more important player to play a top six role. He felt like that was his, you know, that that was what he was in the league to do to do that. And now I think maybe somebody got to him, or he just finally matured enough to accept that. I mean, he's only you know I think he's only twenty four years old too, so he's not like he's an old guy. Mm-hmm. He's still pretty young himself. So maybe he accepts that now. He's he's embraced that. He's coming to camp better shape and to prove himself. You know, it's a contract year for him, and it's you know it's, it's crazy. You know, I tweeted about yesterday in the game too. Is <laughs> he's a restricted free agent after the season is over, and we might have to have a conversation about if he's going to get another extension after the season. Where last year we're like that wasn't even a thought. It was how do we get him off this team now? And and I I want to give him credit because I I think his turnaround. And what this fourth line has done for this team is a lot of why the team is playing so well because they can roll all of their lines. Yep. I mean, how many times have we, you know, we've seen Jordan Nolan, Nick DeLaurier in that fourth <laughs> line, just just players who Derek have no Grant. business being, yeah, Derek Grant, players have no business in this league. And now with Gergensen's, Berglund, Rodriguez, Larson, and even Poundell has hard the season, I mean, it's the Sabres have had a consistent fourth line that is productive, that has done a good job shutting down their opponent. And mm-hmm. who can give them something night in and night out, and that's a sign of a deep team. That's a sign of a playoff team. If you have a play, if you have a team that can roll four lines, most times that team end up in the playoffs. And look where we are right now. No, I mean I was more just messing around. And honestly, between me and you on the first Pavelski goal, he should have got tossed out of the draw. I mean, they were tossing about the draw all game long. So I <laughs> and then and then today, yeah, the one time that Pavelski messes up, he gives the ref a little smile and stays and. I will say, I'm usually not this guy, but uh, since there's nothing really to rag on, and uh, that ref crew, I mean, they're a young crew. I think they had, it looked like there was a one veteran and then three younger uh, refs out there last night. But some of those missed calls, man. It was bad both ways. Both ways it, it was bad. It really was. I mean, it was. I mean, they, they put their whistles away all night long, and then you pull it out for that Rodriguez call with four minutes left, a ticky-tack hook call. I mean, I mean it, was you, a, it was a hook, but yeah, when you're not calling it the entire game, how do you call it with two and a half to go? Right. I mean, the Sabres should have got a power play right after that second goal. You know, I forgot who it was got tripped by Couture, I think. Thompson. Thompson got tripped by Brent Burns and then almost Which went the way, almost ran into a goal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just it was it was bad. And, and then and, Skinner, Thornton basically fish hooked him and dragged him in yeah, until and, he scored. And if you want it, when San Jose had that power play, they eventually scored on. I mean. I think it was McCabe or Bogosian or whoever it was, two-handed hurdle oh, like, over the hand. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was brutal. <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> yeah, that was really bad. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that, that I mean, was bad. It was, it was pretty ugly. But, yeah, I mean, it's you're going to have those nights where you, you got to just find a way to win. And By golly, they're doing it. I still right. just, again, for them to, to get out of that and, you know, most of us thinking, hey, they got a point. And then for them to, Darlene finds a way. I got a little nervous. I'm surprised you haven't given your boy uh, Saboka some shout out yet because I know you've been giving him some praise on Twitter. But um, Darlene and Skinner just really making that work there at the end, and I just keep playing over and over and over and over. Even looking back, because I, I kind of missed the story real quick, so I want to get to it. The Detroit game. Uh, so I was actually I had just gotten MSG go to work. So I'm at the reception of the wedding, and there's about. 10 to 15 of us surrounded by the bar with the bartender watching the entire shootout. And then uh, that Reinhardt goal, man, it was like almost a Lesh Kotalik like backhand cheese. And um, yeah. a little I yelled small so loud for that crowd. Call. So loud for that yeah. call, I yelled. <laughs> <laughs> it 
and just came out of me like organically too like like part of me didn't think he was gonna score and like just to see that go in just came out of nowhere yeah yeah it's it's that's what and there you go there's just another story of you know we got a wedding reception going on but there's just that pocket of everyone trying to figure out hey what happened what's going on I mean, that was the night of the disco downtown, too, right? Where they had that video of the disco, all the people watching the world's largest disco downtown, watching the Reinhardt goal and all the eruption of the people. It's it's crazy how much this team has captivated the city. It's been long enough. Yeah, right. I mean, and the crazy part is now we're kind of going to transition a little bit away from the Sabres, but kind of not really because a few other NHL topics here is, I mean, we're in a a state now where February is going to roll around and we're not talking about being sellers anymore. We're going to be talking about players that mm. you can try to acquire. I mean, I'm not saying use your first-round picks to go nuts or anything. but No. But and still, we, I mean, you can try to look maybe for a third-line center, a depth player, maybe with some help on defense. And, you know, two guys I wanted to bring up, you know, they're, they're bigger names. You know, Brandon Montour, David Pagnola from the fourth period reported today that Anaheim has taken some calls on him. And, you know, I am all about Montour. I just don't know if – a few things. I, I don't necessarily buy that Anaheim is going to move him, especially with Cam Fowler being hurt. But the other thing too, I just don't think there's there's a trade there in season for the Sabers. Especially if they're going to move on toward in season, they're going to want an offensive player to help them this season. And the Sabers really only can offer up Sam Reinhart, and I don't think they're going to do that. You know, I think if they try to move that in the off season, maybe that's a draft pick and. I don't know. Can you sell them on Alex Nylander's improving? Maybe that's the kind of trade that gets it done in the offseason. But, I, I, again, I would love that. You know, he's 24 years old, $3.3 million left uh, for two years, and he's restricted free agent then. But I'm all about that. He is a quick skating defensive. He's a guy we talked about a couple of years ago, you know, when yep. Tra- or Anaheim was talked about moving, you know, one of Manson or Vatanen or Montour. And I, think, I think Montour was a guy we were all kind of fixated on, and here we are again. I would love it. I don't know if that's going to happen, but you know another guy in Southern California too, with how bad the Kings have been. You know, is Tyler Toffoli. He's twenty six years old, right winger, two years, four point six million. You know, he's a guy that, again that could add some depth on your right wing and kind of fill out your right wing, especially if Thompson now moves to the left. So penalty killer that can get some, get you some shorties. Yeah, yeah, that too. So those are two guys that I kind of wrote down quickly. But it's it's crazy to think that how it's going to change this year. We're going to be going. Instead of, okay, what are we going to get for the guys we're going to sell? We're going to, okay, what new pieces can we go add to try to, you know, bolster this team for the playoffs coming up, which is mind-boggling to wrap your mind around right now. <laughs> it's exciting. The only time you've been able to do that is in a video game in the last seven years. So Right, right. Uh, <laughs> needless to say, ready to go, and, and I'm definitely excited to talk about that. I, I will kind of temper expectations with the, the deadline. I, I think kind of what you brought up is what they would be looking for. I think at this point, at least where they are right now, I think you're looking for maybe a, a depth center or, I don't know, maybe even a little bit of depth on the wing. But I just, the the way the Sabre, I guess, it shouldn't necessarily be this way, but I, I feel like the way the expectations were laid previous to the season and the way that they're going now, I don't want to say that it's all house money, but I, I definitely think that Bottrell isn't going to mortgage any kind of the future for trying to get more out of this season than they've already gotten so far if that no, makes like, sense yeah like they're not going to go trade a first round pick to go grab mark stone off of ottawa that's like that's not going to happen yeah so like yeah i i think those trades are going to be the ones that are going to be exciting and they're probably going to be the rumors that come up and are probably talked about when we get closer to that time but real realistically i think right now you're more looking for like you said depth center 
I just I don't see any kind of really big splash coming at least in the season. I just yeah I I don't see the way that the Amherst are playing too with the way you got the Sabers and the Amherst playing at the same time. I don't see him making any kind of huge swing to try and maybe get into like the second or third round uh, this year. I, I think you you make the playoffs you accept that for what it is which is a huge accomplishment for this team take the experience uh, for then, your own players and you just you kind of see where it takes you yeah i mean it, hell if it, if, it, if you go to the third round or you make it i mean i want to pump the brakes on dragger real quick for that vegas tweet <laughs> i don't think we're there yet can i at least make the playoffs first i don't know it's about stanley cup but i mean if they can at least you know go into the playoffs and they get some experience uh they bond more as a unit and then you can kind of go into the offseason and make this team better um, I think that's the route he's more going to take as opposed to, like you said, giving up some high prospects or, or a high draft pick to, to try and get another superstar in here to, I mean, try and go as, as deep as possible this season. Yeah, I, I agree. And if you want to, I mean, you're, depending on contract goals, I mean, your your rental this year can be Jeff's, your, your big-time rental could be Jeff Skinner if you wanted to. But uh, it, more and more every day as we go here, quickly on Skinner, I, I just... I find it hard to believe that there's not going to be a contract done eventually. I mean, I feel like he just, he's having a fantastic season here. He looks great on Eichel's wing. He feels like he's comfortable here. He just, I don't know. I feel like he's just vibing in with this team. You know, we saw mm-hmm. the video with, with you know, he's pushing Larson in the middle and warm-ups yeah. and that warm in the practice. So, like, I again, I'm not going to say it guarantees an assignment contract here. I just, every day we go here and the more you hear about it, I just feel like it's harder to believe I guess I could say it this way: it's it's harder to believe that he wouldn't sign a contract here than he would. So I would like, you know, if, I would I guess you could say the odds are more in favor, in my opinion, that he's going to sign here than he wouldn't sign here. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, what was his quote the other day? The fans are having fun, and so am I. Yeah, yeah, and he's you know he's he's talked about how he's enjoying his time here, you know, and I, I don't know. It's I, I, I think, think you're that, that successful here. Why would you want to change? I mean, especially if they're going to pay you the money. They're going to pay you the money the way exactly. you need to go to the market for, you know? That's what I was just going to say. If they can at least get in the ballpark of what he wants, I don't know why you would try and go somewhere else and mess with the chemistry you've made here um, in a whole new situation, unless there's a potentially another huge center. But, I mean, I don't think you're getting too much better than Jack Eichel when you're going out in free agency for your center. Yeah, I mean, Eichel quickly, I mean, quite in. He didn't have a point yesterday, but are you going to tell me that he was not the best player on the ice yesterday for both teams? I'm he not was, tell you that. He was a monster. And I it just, I mean, it's crazy. There's games where you think he's like, hey, Uncle was okay. Oh, he had three points. And then there's games like last night where he was an absolute monster and San Jose couldn't handle him and he had no points. I mean, there were so many opportunities. Again, this is one of the reasons why I thought yesterday wasn't going to go their way. You know, he was setting up Skinner and Reinhardt, and usually goals Skinner is burying in the slot. He's hammering wide, or it's rolling mm-hmm. off his stick, and you're like, it just, yeah. you kind of get that vibe, especially when San Jose came back. I mean, this just isn't their night. And, you know, Eichel quietly is ninth in the league in points going into tonight. Uh, you know, I know the goals aren't there, but in general, he's just, he's quietly becoming, you know, that, that elite player that we wanted to see. You know, it's we all hear about Matthews, what he's doing in Toronto, where, you know, Eichel, again, he isn't scoring the goals that Matthews is, but he's just as impactful for this team as Matthews is for Toronto. And I think he's in that same conversation as one of the best, you know, not to mention young players, but young centers in this league. And, you know, that's exciting for the people who have clamored for that. He's a $10 million player now that they've wanted to see some sort of payback on it, which I would say you've kind of seen that already. But for those who 
wanted more. I think you're getting that this year. And, you know, it, it, somebody tweeted out, too, I saw that Eichel usually, doesn't, Eichel usually doesn't get going until after Christmas. And mm-hmm. he's already, mm-hmm. you know, having a monster season. So, you know, if he really gets going, imagine where, where this thing really could go. 4.9 shooting percentage. Yeah. It's only one way yep. to go. Exactly, exactly. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would see, I would think coming up here, you're going to see the goals start going into. And when that starts happening, I mean, good luck's trying to stop that that top line. Teams are struggling now. Um, if they keep seeing backups, I, I can't imagine that there aren't going to be at least another game here where they, you know, maybe put up a, a six, seven, eight spot when one of those two just get rolling. So, I mean, it's <laughs> and I think it's a good transition here. You brought up Matthews. Um, the game's coming up. He actually came back today. For those that don't know, I'm sure everybody does. But he's got two goals and an assist tonight. He's looked really good. He looks healthy. So it's going to be quite the battle next Tuesday um, when Toronto comes into Buffalo. And <laughs> I think that's the one that kind of everybody's got circled on their uh, schedule, huh? Yeah, you know, it's you mentioned the next few games, and especially being in a backups. I mean, you're you're going to get Louis Deming against Tampa Bay because Vasilevsky's out. Uh, you're probably going to get Reimer because I think Longo is still out. And I think he's then- actually back he did just get back okay i know he was day-to-day i don't know if they put him back in or not uh i can quickly check if i'm talking i was actually doing tonight. it okay right. <laughs> you know it, and then you're gonna get it, it kind of gets in tonight rhymer was in tonight. okay so it kind of gets sticky you know i always tell people it's like oh that's wrong game is gonna be fun i'm like eh, i don't know because <laughs> you have to go to nashville the night before where then you have to come back home and play toronto in your toronto play saturday so they're on two day three day rest right so I mean, you're probably, I would say, you're going to get Allmark in that game, which Allmark's been fine, but, you know, arguably you're going to play your backup, and, you know, it's going to be your third road game you're coming off of. It's you're going to play Nashville the night before, and then you got to play Toronto. So the environment in the building should be fun. I mean, the way this team is playing, I'm not going to roll them out of any game right now, but I just, <laughs> I think that kind of, especially with Matthews being back, and God forbid if they find a way to get Nylander signed by Saturday. I mean, if, if they're pumping both those guys out, you know, that, that is a dangerous Toronto team you're going to be looking at. Especially if, like, honestly, that <laughs> the scarier part is out of now. If they sign Nylander, that could be Nylander's first game of the season. So that's, you know, that's even more crazy to think about, you know. Uh, yeah, him, Saturday, yeah. yeah, to have him debut, you know, against you. So that, uh, and not a lot in your favor in that night, but, you know, again, like I said, the way this team is playing, I wouldn't really rule him out of anything. Yeah, I mean, Jack's just going to have to score and punch the glass and have some more Leafs fans flip him off. <laughs> right, right, right. So, quickly before I wrap up here, the last thing I did want to touch on, because it, it's a big, hot topic uh, you and I have talked about a lot you know, over the years, and it kind of came up uh, today and yesterday. Uh, there's been some tweets from some prominent reporters, including like Pierre Lebrun and some other ones, uh, where it sounds like... Sounds like offer sheets may be on the table this summer. We have <laughs> we have Mitchell Marner, who agent told us the Leafs that he's not going to talk to them until the summer. Austin Matthews is a restricted free agent, so that's a lot of danger in Toronto. I mean, you could have Arizona sitting over there who wants to lure Matthews and gives him a monster contract, which I'm sure the Leafs would match, but that messes with their cap. Or you can have Lula Morello, who's super bitter goes after Marner and Matthews perhaps one of, or both or one of them and then you know there's those guys but you know I'll let you go on the offer sheet thing here in a second 
outside of Matthews and Marner, there's one player in my mind that if there's going to be offer sheets next summer, this player needs to get it. If somebody does not offer sheet Braden Point, if he doesn't have a contract, <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. Okay? Do not let Tampa Bay continue to get away with paying their good players cheap money. All right? So someone needs to go in there, and if we're going to give out offer sheets, someone needs to offer sheet Braden Point because that kid is spectacular, and somebody needs to stop letting that team get cheap contracts and continue to have a, a monster team because they have cheap contracts. So that that needs to happen. That that, that just that's what I need. You know, I I'm not 100% bought into this whole offer sheet thing because I mean, what we've seen one GM or two GM changes. One is with Dubis in Toronto and Hexall's got fired in Philadelphia and I'm supposed to believe and all of a sudden all these GMs change their mind they're going to do offer sheets. You know, like I think, kind of think this is more of a agent-driven thing, but hey, man, if there's offer sheets this summer, that only adds to the excitement of a usually exciting NHL offseason. It'd be fun, and I usually love talking about it, but I just... I, when Kucherov doesn't get offer sheeted, I mean, and they just... What do they pay him? Five and a half? It's, they paid him like this first his last one was like 4.7. I think that was what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, when when they can get away with that, I just my high hopes for offer sheets kind of just go out the window. I, I mean, it would be nice. Ideally, though, I, I think it's... I don't know if it's just the good old boys club or if it's GMs just figure that they're going to have a guy that'll be in this situation at some point so they don't want to do it to some team because then some team will do it to them. Um, I, I think that thought process is ridiculous. I think especially if you're division rivals, you should be doing everything in your power to make your division rivals worse. Um, right, I mean, this is competition after all, right? I mean, you're, you're competing against those 30 other teams in this league. Right. So, I mean, the fact that any team in the division of Tampa Bay or the Leafs at this point would let them just continue to... Now, the players have to sign those too, but uh, right, right. That you're not even offering those to them to to make those agents and players think, you know, well, you know, Arizona's offering this. or I mean, the fact that nobody's even touched Willie Nylander at this point is kind of crazy. That that one, honestly, to me, is the, the most interesting one, and I'm kind of glad it's going to be over here in the next three days because... I just feel like for, for a big as media outlet as Toronto is, I feel like there really hasn't been too much about it. Yeah. Um, and the word is they're $300,000 kind of apart. Update. And that's that's the word right now. And Nylander is skating with a junior team in Sweden. So that's the latest update. Other than that, it's pretty quiet, which is... Which is crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, do they really let him sit out the entire season? And if that is the case, I mean, there's no way that they can repair that relationship, no? So oh, I, I no, imagine I they, you, you they have, have to, to move on from him. Yeah. Right. So I, I think I think the Nylander thing right now is the most interesting one. I, I, I like the rumors, but I, I just don't know that I'm ready to buy into them, especially so early. Uh, so much can change as we go on to the season here. So the offer sheets, I'll, I'll take a step back and save that for a later day. But, but I mean, the Nylander one, it, it's been one of those kind of strangely quiet things in a huge media market, the biggest media market in the entire league. So... Um, as that kind of wraps up here in the next three days, that would be really interesting. Because like you said, I didn't even think about that. Like he could be debuting here against us, or he could be sitting out the entire season, or maybe they move him. Who knows kind of what's going to happen at this point. So, I mean, I know Dubas says he wants to make sure to do everything in his power to keep Martin Matthews and Nylander in Toronto for their entire careers, but good luck, buddy. Not really. Yeah, I mean, really I, mean I mean, none of those, I mean, you know, for Nylander for sure, we all it's, talked not, about it's it. not taking a hometown discount. And, Nobody wants to. Right, Marner. Why would you? Right. 
right? I mean, you. <laughs> I mean, I understand. You know, you want to play for a good team and this and that, but you know, you you want to get paid what you're worth too. You know, I mean, it's especially in this game. You know, it, it's one hit can change your entire career, and so it's. You know, I understand these players. You know, they're young stars in this league. They want to get paid like it, and you know, of course, winning is important to them. But at the same time, you know, it's it's Especially what they're doing. Right. Is he taking any kind of cut? No, I mean, and say you will about Matthews. I mean, again, any offer that comes in for Matthews, they're going to match hands down. But somebody walks in and plops a fourteen million dollar offer sheet on them. Toronto is done, done when they're already paying Tavares eleven, and then you have Marlowe there. And then, you know, Gardner at this point is basically gone unless they don't keep Nylander. And then if you drop $14 million on Matthews, what, what do you got to hand Marner? Eight to nine easily? I mean, that that kid is a special talent. If he wasn't on, you know, Matthews' team, he would be talked about up there as one of the best wingers in the league. So, you know, like you said, good luck to Toronto. Not really, but I just... <laughs> I mean, we've done this with 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 the Stamkos thing, uh, even yeah. Tavares a little bit. I mean, there's there's always ways to make your money work. Uh, when you have guys like Kasperi Kapanen who's played well, and you know if you can get like Lilligren and some of those defensemen, same thing who, yeah. who they just drafted to come up and play well for you, you can make it work. Just it's going to be hard. It, it is really going to be gotta, hard. Yeah, you you sign your best players, and then you let the not as good players walk, and then you put young players into those situations and you tell the coach that he needs to find a way to shelter those other players because I gave you Tavares, Nylander, Marner, and Matthews. You need to find ways to win, which shouldn't be that difficult. So, And don't forget Morgan Riley too, who's, you know, turning into a great player on the blue line. So sure has the P's are definitely there for Toronto. And like I said, you know, I I don't want to say that Toronto can't make it work because they definitely can. It's just, it's, I don't think it's going to be as easy maybe as Dubas thought, hoping everybody would take a discount because I was like, that is not going to be the case. And if I hear anything this summer about Toronto being any involvement in, like, Mark Stone or, like, if, like, Jeff Skinner does get the free agency, like, they're trying to somehow sign them, like, I'm going to lose my mind because I don't know how they're going to do it. But I think, I think they'll have their hands full with their own guys this season. There's going to be no chasing of Tavares-type players. Especially if they don't get any letter signed. Right, right. Yeah, they're going to have their they're going to have their hands full. I mean, they're going to have Gardner. If they don't get Nylander signed, they'll have Nylander, Marner, Matthews and Gardner who are all up out of contract. So, keep an eye on Toronto this summer. It'll be it'll be pretty interesting there how things go for them. But going back to the Sabres, uh like we said here wrapping up, you know, th- three games here Tampa Bay Toronto, Tampa Bay, Florida, uh Nashville and then Toronto. Uh, I don't know if we'll get a podcast in before that cuz like Bill said we have Weddings here and things happen quickly, so I may not get our podcast until after the Toronto game. At least Sabres will love our Amherst podcast on Sundays. We usually do, but um, yeah, it's. I guess next time we'll talk, we'll see kind of if <laughs> it'll be crazy if the streak is still going. Because if it is, we're at well, we'll be at fourteen games, right? Thirteen, yeah, fourteen games. So they're still winning at that point, which would be coming pretty close to that Columbus sixteen game streak of a year or two ago. So we'll see, but uh. I don't know. Like we said earlier, you know, I'm just I'm enjoying the ride right now. It's it's fun, you know, and it makes exciting hockey. I mean, think about this time last year, what we were talking about, you know, and how basically the season was over, and you have to win a you have to win a game in November to keep your hopes alive, and they usually don't do it. So it's mm-hmm. it's 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 awesome, you know. It's good to have this feeling again, and, and you know, this is the first time we're covering a winning hockey team, so this is kind of new for us too, doing all this. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I think I'm really excited for the trade deadline. Even if it's not that crazy this year, I, I think going forward it's going to get more and more exciting as uh, a team looking to be buyers that has ammo. But, I mean, it, real quick, looking forward, you're realistically, can I get you know two out of the next four? And then your schedule kind of gets a little light. Philly, L.A., Arizona. It does, it does. So if you, if you can just kind of ride the momentum and, and, and tread water here for the next four, it's kind of tough. You're playing you know, four out of what, five days, six days. So you're playing those top three teams, teams in the league, you know, in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, Nashville. Nashville doesn't have Subban, but they're still rolling. So yeah, if you, if you can get two out of four here, I think then your December schedule kind of lightens up after that and you kind of can uh, roll right back into a groove, but it's going to be a tough test. It's going to be another good test for the Sabres. And uh, I'm definitely forward, looking forward to, you know, watching the games and talking about them here with you guys. Yeah, I think so. We'll just we'll ride the wave here and see how long this uh, this takes us and how this goes for us. And then you know for, when they eventually do lose, we can kind of come back to reality here and then kind of talk about what what's, what the season has in, entail for us going forward. So to wrap up here, as usual, make sure you're following us on Twitter at BTB Hockey. Uh, make sure you check us out on Facebook and also make sure you check out Dive of the Blade for excellent Sabres content. Who will find our podcast there as well. And, of course, as always, make sure you check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere you find a podcast, we are most likely going to be there. Um, Rate, share, whatever you can do. If you haven't given us a rating yet and a comment or whatever or haven't subscribed yet, please do so. It would be greatly appreciated, Um, especially ratings and comments always are greatly appreciated. Greatly appreciate it because it makes our numbers look better. So if you could help us out and do that, if you enjoy the podcast, that would be excellent. Uh, and you can always interact with Bill and us on our individual Twitter feeds as well, as I'm always on Twitter. So for those of you who listen and follow me, you know that. So, yeah, I hope you're enjoying it. I'm sure you are. And hopefully this ride goes a little bit longer, Bill, because I'm not ready to come down from the high yet. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's fun. It, it is fun. It's exciting. Every game is much watch. Every game is must see, and you know, let, let's kind of uh, let's kind of keep that going here, huh? Looking forward to a couple more sleepless nights, huh? Yeah, yeah. It, it has been hard to sleep at night, but that, I'll take it all day. <laughs> hey, man. When you're you know up late in the, the wee hours of the night watching Skinner highlights for the hundredth time, uh, this team is good. They are good, and it's a lot of fun to watch. And like you said, keep riding that ride because when they do lose, then it makes it that much easier to. Just shake it off and, and go to the next game because if this team makes the playoffs. I think this, this city is ready to explode. Definitely. I agree. Couldn't agree more. So we're chatting, Bill. We're out of here this week, and we will talk to you soon. Enjoy the next handful of games here, and let's keep the wins coming. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Yeah.